0: Welcome to the Check Your Six podcast. Join your hosts, Air Force veterans Craig Lyson and Tim Proctor, as they continue their conversation about the challenges of small business ownership, as well as information, tips, and guest speakers, all designed to help you navigate the potential stormy weather that is small business. And now, here are your hosts, Craig and Tim.
1: Good morning, Craig. How are you this morning, man? Hey,
0: I just want to tell you, it was so nice to come to this warm, cozy uh, facility of yours and only to
1: see you wearing a sweatshirt. You know what? It is. I moved to Florida for a reason. It was under 70 today. So I've got a sweatshirt on and you're cracking on me for wearing a sweatshirt. But we've got a guest in today who's going to back me up on this and we'll get to him in a minute. But yes, I'm a weenie burrito when it comes to cold. That's why I live in Florida. Good Lord. Well,
0: let me just tell you, as far as him backing you, I should br- I should get that skill set because I brought him here. He's got a little bit more muscle than both of us. I mean, especially of his rank.
1: Yes, he does. He does. But why do you get credit for that after cracking on me? And I get this. I constantly throw questions to him that he doesn't know, and we're going to ask one today. <laughs> so you can pick on me all you want about being a weenie burrito and being cold and all the people up north that I know that constantly yell at me. You're weenie. Well, that's why I live here. Today, it's getting ready to go into a new year, getting ready to go into 2021. They're probably freezing. They've gotten a ton of snow. (laughs) Sucks being them. Anyways, so you are Craig. Hey, I'm Craig with uh, Veds Growth, and you can reach me at 407-754-5779. And I am Tim Proctor with GRP Studios, the luxurious, nice and cozy, warm GRP Studios, because it's usually got air conditioning. And you're always complaining about the air conditioning. It's too cold. And now you're saying it's not cold enough. I don't
0: know. I don't know. You. I come into a warm
1: environment, and then you're wearing
0: a sweatshirt. So who's
1: complaining about what? I got here early this morning when it was under seventy degrees. So Let's,
0: I don't even start this with the sergeant major here because he's going to rip on us here in a second. That's right. We
1: <laughs> we today it is the thirty second episode. We have somebody in here. It's going to be geared mostly toward veterans. So if you are not a veteran, I am sorry. But we're going to talk about some veteran stuff today, and we are here with Sergeant Major Tommy Maldonado with the Veterans Services. What? The Orange County Veterans Services Office. Orange County Veterans Services Office. Okay, so we can do that. Can you tell me what we're both we're all military in here? I a couple of Air Force weenies. What's the Ten Hut? What does that mean? Why? Why did they say Ten Hut? You know, that's a good question. I think it's for the Army because they they can't stand at attention. Do you know what it might reference? I what? don't want to know. <laughs> well, no, 10-HUT. I mean, I know... I guess it means standing attention. It is. is It's called to attention. I did some reading earlier today that not everybody used it. Some guys have said, I never even heard that phrase. Well, I, I heard it a lot. I don't know about when y'all were in. But then again, we all served a while ago. Maybe the new Army doesn't say 10-HUT or the new Air Force doesn't say 10-HUT. I don't know. Anyways, call to action. So... We should probably, that we need to do something here for our Sergeant Major. And I just, <laughs> does that make you feel? We do this a lot for our military people that come in. So I guess we better be 10 hut. Yeah, we better be 10 hut. <laughs> time for <PT>. oh. <laughs> Sergeant Major Tommy Maldonado. We're going to talk about ways to help veterans today, but thanks for being here today. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. It's
2: my pleasure to be here. Anytime I can inform veterans of their benefits, it's always great.
1: So what did you do as a sergeant major in the Army?
2: My last assignment was the commandant of the Non-Commissioned Officers Academy in Hawaii. And part of that...
1: (laughs) Okay. Wait a (laughs) minute. minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) We got the wrong person here. (laughs) So that was probably a brutal, brutal assignment as the NCO commandant in Hawaii. I'm sure that was just horrific.
2: It was tough duty, but somebody had to do, to do it. And to do it. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay, I'm trying to continue. Yeah. How okay. many years, sir? I served 30 years.
0: In, the, in the Hawaii?
2: In Hawaii, I served a total of eight years.
0: Nice. I went in the wrong branch. I know we so went the, in the wrong the, place. Two
2: separate, two separate times. The first time I went there, I was a Sergeant E-5 squad leader. Uh, the next time I went back there, I was the Command Sergeant Major for that unit. And then that was there for like three years. And then the, my last three years in the service was as a Commandant for the NCO Was Academy. that Wheeler? No, well, I lived on Wheeler, uh-huh. but I actually was Command Sergeant Major for the 65th Engineer Battalion, and that was on Schofield Barracks. Oh. And then the, the, my compound, my NCO Academy, was out on East Range, uh, on the way out to the, to the ranges and the, in the field. I had my own little compound out there. So you know, I can— From I, everybody. Listen,
1: of his Frank, he didn't have it rough. I no. swear he didn't have it rough. No, we, we are part of a kids and support of soldiers. We send packages to deployed servicemen and women every mm-hmm. month. People that have listened to the podcast have heard this before. We had a mother say, well, my son is stationed. He's deployed in
0: Hawaii.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's not, no, it's not a deployment. So That's correct. So part of my work I had to do at the, as the commandant was I had to go around the Pacific Rim. They had me go talk to some of our other allies about how to establish or improve their non-commissioned officer's corps. So my first trip out, I had three countries I had to go to. Thailand, Sri Lanka, and Mongolia. Now, Thailand, it's going to be a while. Uh, Sri Lanka, they were almost like us. They run their academies very similar to what we do, and they develop their NCOs similar to what we do. Mongolia, they don't have, they didn't have an NCO Corps at that time because they had just been free from Russia for 10 years. So they have to develop their non-commissioned officers from the ground up. That's why they wanted me to go over there so they, we can show what the, you know, NCOs do. And uh, the Mongolian soldiers, they could not believe that I had no officers assigned to me. And so they says, well, who's in charge of the academy? I said, I am. Who's your officer? I said, I don't have one.
1: Nice. Says,
2: yeah. So then I had to go back there. Uh, they says, yeah, well, you Americans, you know, you guys always come in the summertime. You never come here in the wintertime. That's
1: good. Duh. I says, okay. I I don't want to be in Outer Mongolia in the wintertime. Hello. It's, yeah, it's bad. We think, you think Minot, North Dakota is bad for us Air Force personnel. I do not want to be in Outer Mongolia or in Mongolia in Mm -hmm. the wintertime.
2: It's really bad. So I got invited to come back out there to meet the soldiers that they selected to come to my academy. They gave me four soldiers. One was a female. She was the infantry of the group. And then I had three males and they were all support and logistics. We trained them. We put them through our academy first, and then we taught them how we developed all the training for them because they were going to go back and write their stuff for their, for their academy, and they're going to develop their academy. I went over there, got that done, and I went there in winter wintertime, so I got their respect just because I did that. I earned their respect just for doing that. They wanted to take me out wolf hunting, so I called the defense to say, that says, hey, uh, they want to take me out here wolf hunting. What do you think? He said, uh-uh. He said, don't do that. This is What's up? He goes, their version of wolf hunting is you drive in a car with the AK 47 shooting at the wolves as you go by.
0: Okay. And is that, is that how they started the Gatling gun day?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said, and at the problem. same time, they're also drinking vodka. So,
1: problem. Oh, so he says, yeah, yes. Dr- vodka, well, that's water to them. Yes. Yeah, that's probably water to them. <laughs> so you went in the wintertime.
2: Yes. Earned their respect. We had dinner with the four students that were coming to the academy. They came to Hawaii. Uh, later that summer, because they went uh, six months to San Antonio to the, uh, to the language school to immerse in English. And so they came to the academy. They got there on a Saturday. I had my NCO taken down to Waikiki on Sunday so I could enjoy a day off before we started training. And then the female soldier, because she's used to this, she sees the women on the beach in bikinis, and she starts to strip out of her clothes. Luckily, yeah. my, my staff sergeant that I had to pick them up was female. She goes, oh, no, 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 no. That's not underwear, you gotta come over here. Took her to the store where she could buy herself a, a bathing suit and stuff. And then went out and enjoyed the day. And then they came back and we were, we treated them just like our regular soldiers. I had they had to have their skirts come down because they were kind of mini skirts was what they were wearing. and we said, no, you gotta bring it down to our standard. And we assigned them with the other people. Well, the female, she got assigned to a roommate with a black female soldier. And we went out to the field they had corn rolled her, her hair. And she said, This is very good. I'm going to take it back to Mongolia for all the other women because your hair don't get messed up when you're out in the field. You know? Corn rolled, yeah. I said, Yeah. So you go out there now. If you go out to Mongolia and you see some female soldiers with corn rolls, you know where it he got it that, from. That's <laughs> where they got it from. That's so where you're they
0: responsible got from. for a while. So he did
1: start something new. <laughs> so did
0: start something
1: new. Fantastic. So you have been to foreign countries to help them develop their NCO programs. Did they understand what an NCO program was? Did they understand the non-commissioned versus commissioned officers?
2: Yes, especially Mongolia. They saw what our NCOs could do. So their higher command says, we want folks to do the same thing. We want to be able to rely on junior soldiers to do the same things like the United States to leave the officers to do the other things that they need to do. And that's why they reached out to us to, to do this stuff. And we went over there, and I even had a meeting with their defense secretary when I was there through their interpreter. They took us around through the sites and stuff. But it was, uh, it was great. So they can see us. They just could not believe that there was no officers with us. I said, this is my crew. So I took um, Sergeant First Class, two Sergeant First Class, and I took a female Sergeant First Class with me. So they were my senior instructors and my training NCO and my operations NCO from the academy. And I left my first sergeant running the academy, and we took these guys over there. And uh, they just not, couldn't believe that there's just all NCOs. There's no officers involved, and they wanted to be like us.
1: Things get done. Yes. Things get done.
0: Yeah, which is, you beat me to that. I'm like, well, we know who really does yeah, the work. We know who does right. all the work. That's,
1: that's fine. <laughs> so tell me about you, you get out. You, how long have you been out now?
2: I retired in November 73, uh, 93. 73. Wow. You retired two years after you. That's that's, that's when I went in 73. I got out in 90, uh, 2003 actually. So I've been out now, what, uh, 14, 15 years, 16 years, something like that. Yeah. All right. And then
1: how did you then get involved with what you're at now? Tell me a little bit about the veteran services programs that you have over there in Orange County.
2: How I got involved in that. It's kind of different. I happened to go over there with a friend of mine that retired at the same time, one of my best friends. He happened to move here. I moved here, so I ended up staying a couple of weeks with him. He wanted to go get check on his VA benefits, so we went to the Orange County Veterans Services office. And there, there was a receptionist, there, and I looked at her, and I says, I know her from somewhere. I just don't know where. So we sat down. We put our name on the list, and we sat down. And then she calls me back up there. She goes, Maldonado, come here. I says, yeah. She goes, you don't remember me? I said I know you from somewhere, but I can't place you. She goes, I lived across the street from you in Hawaii. She was a command sergeant major for the Forward Support Battalion, and I was a command sergeant major for the 65th Engineer Battalion. She lived, I mean, directly across the street from me. For how long? For about three years.
1: Nice. Do you know your neighbors? Across I tell you the what, in the airport, You me? everybody know your neighbors. Yeah, everybody knows your neighbors. Wow.
2: You won't, but you. I left. You know, she retired. I left. I stayed in the Army another three years. You meet a whole bunch more people. Like I said, I recognized the face, yeah. but I couldn't place where, where from. So she, she tells me, she goes, you know, Tommy, she says, you are the perfect person for this job. Unfortunately, the job got filled. I said, well, if it ever comes open again, just let me know. Well, a month later, it came open again.
1: So you filled it. The rest it. is history. Wow. Yeah. So, so
2: I've been doing this for over 16 years now. Wow.
1: So what is your function? What is your normal function that you do? And I know that's, that's going to cover a ton of things, but what, do you, what is your normal function? The what basic, are you responsible for?
2: Essentially, we are responsible for helping veterans get their benefits. Okay. Now, what does that mean?
1: Different that's that's going to be the second half. Yeah. Of this. yeah, but, yeah that's, go ahead.
2: Okay. So right now, my main function as the program manager is coming out, doing stuff like this, Informing soldiers. There are too many veterans that are not getting benefits.
1: All right. You gave us some figures before we started talking. How many military members are currently in the United States and how many are getting benefits?
2: Okay. Veterans, there's just under 20,000 living veterans worldwide.
1: Wow. Not, I would thought more than to, that. No, 20,000 or, 20 or 20, 20 mi- okay, million? I'm sorry, 20, 20 million. 20 million. Okay. 20 minute,
2: okay. Oh, yeah, 20 million. And there's just under four million or around four million that are getting what's the basic uh, benefits are compensation or pension. That's where you get some actual money benefits. So where's the other sixteen thousand? Sixteen million?
0: 16 yes. million.
1: Six, well, so 20 16, 000, million
2: That's about how many is getting benefits in, in Orange in County. Florida. Okay. Yeah. So
1: Orange oh, County. Okay, okay. Yeah. So they're like me. They're a veteran who serves seventy eight to eighty two. What do we need benefits for? And we're gonna talk a lot about mm-hmm. that, but Well,
2: essentially, it's when you hear about disability benefits, most veterans think about the loss of limb, loss of an eye, those types of things. They don't think about those other injuries that you receive while you're in the service. The service is one of those places where you get injured, you just keep going. You know, there's no stopping. You can't stop in the middle of a battle. Oh, I hurt myself. My knee's hurt. You got to keep going. Those injuries, you know, we're young. We recover quickly, and we forget about those things. Then you get to our age, and you have to start Over, for, all these over 40. We'll just leave it over 40. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: well, he doesn't have any gray hair. No, he doesn't. He doesn't.
2: Because <laughs> I cut it all off yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's what I,
1: I, did the, I did the same thing. My wife said, why did you cut your hair so short? Because it's a lot of gray, and I don't want to look like Santa Claus, even though it is, you know, after Christmas here. But all right, well, let's continue that. We're gonna we're gonna pull for the second half of this and talk about some more stuff. And I have a feeling we're not going to get it all covered. So we will be right back.
0: Stay tuned. The guys will be right back with more on how to check your six. I'm Craig with Vet's Growth, also known as Veterans Business Alliance. We specialize in advertising consulting marketing and public relations vets growth is all about persistence inspiration innovation and strategy your success is my passion contact me by phone at 407-754-5779 vets growth the power of one network
1: We're back with the second half of our podcast today, and you know what we forgot to do? We forgot to ask the gentleman, the Sergeant Major sitting next to us, how to contact him. It's the most important. It is the most important, and and we will, you know what, so let's do that right now. How do people get a hold of you?
2: They can call our main office at 407-836-8990.
1: And that's for any veteran that has a question about how can I take advantage of the benefits that we. What we have.
2: benefits am I entitled to? What am I entitled to? And any type of questions that has to do with VA, either I can answer or any one of my service officers can answer. How Van many service t- officers t- t- do you have, sir? I have six service officers.
1: And you have one of them has been helping you, correct? Oh yeah, in fact. Uh, is I there think- anybody that can have that much help? Is is. <laughs> Well, we'd, we'd have to check. We you both need. We, we
2: may have to put a couple people on it. We but, both you need. Know, we had a, lot, a
0: Navy I guy hope. come out at me, and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa!" I said, "Don't, don't with me. <laughs>
1: Sergeant, Sergeant Ferguson. We'll take you right now." Maybe, guy. So you got the you got the Marines Uber working for you? Yes. You see, they're perfect. I got, right. I got two of them, <laughs> uh, and you're not a Marine, so there's no nope, crayons nope. here. So like. Is it, we love to pick on everybody, and they can all say what. Well, and you know what? We are not the baby of the service members anymore. Now we get the new, new command. The new space, whatever they are, space, space force. force, space force. So we space are force. the air force is not the young child anymore. So we're having. fun So with let's that. kick
0: this off. He's got so much knowledge.
1: He's got a lot of information, and I'm going to use myself as a guinea pig and as an example because Craig is a retired veteran. You are already taking in some of these benefits. You're already, you're already working with them. He started initial steps. Yes. Right. He started yes. initial steps. I am a four-year service veteran. I got out in 82. I have worked. I've had other benefits. My thought process has been save it for people that really need it. And the, the things I get from guys like Billy Dover, go find out what's available to you. So I'm a brand new, don't know anything about it. And I call you and say, Sergeant Major, what do I need to do? What do you say to me? I'll tell you,
2: the first thing we need to get your DD-214, then we get your medical records from when you were in the service. Because everything that the VA goes by is what happened in the service, okay? One thing that people tend to forget is when you're in the service, you're in the service 24-7. Motor vehicle accidents happen in the service. Those injuries can also be service-connected. What if you had accidents that you didn't record because you were doing something you
1: weren't supposed to?
2: <laughs> well, if you had injuries and you saw a doctor for it, you can still do it. Uh, what, what they go by is, was it for you know misconduct? Misconduct would be drug and alcohol-related stuff. Not, Speeding,
1: cha- not chasing rabbits in Arizona. Not chasing rabbits, okay. no. None of that Don't stuff. talk no more, Tim.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and then we go from there. We, once we get those records— we fill out some forms. We fill out, you know, the initial intent to file that protects your filing date. We'll have you sign a power of attorney for a veteran service organization. That, and that's how we get access to your VA file is through a veteran service organization like the Disabled American Veterans, American Legion, the VFW, any other any number of other ones. We can get access to your VA file. So once the VA gets your health care records from the service, we can go in there and go right through them and see everything that the VA has done for you and against you and what records they have of you and they don't have of you. And we go through that so we can find all the different things that happen to you in a service. I will tell you, except for one veteran that I saw, because I looked it through his records, nobody joins a service to follow a disability claim.
0: And most of us, like the, most true, of us, don't even think we're because available Because when you're in the it. military, you don't think that. You,
2: you go there to serve your country, and you go like, why? The reason I said there was one? Is because he got out of the service, had no disabilities, stayed out of the service for a year, joined the service, and started going to sick call for everything so he can get disability. Oh, that's fraud. Yeah. Well, he got it because it's a disability that happened while he was in the service. Seeing that's but probably where some I, of us. I, yeah. I saw that and I said, holy cow, this is obvious to me. But in all the records that I've checked, I've only had two people that had absolutely nothing happen to them in the service. Were they 702s? I have no idea what a that's 702 is. Admin specialists. <laughs> that's, that's an admin well, specialist. Well, see, admin specialists go through a lot of stuff too. I heard because that, that because generators. they hunched over when they're typing. Well, well, they with, couple back, tunnel.
1: Back in the old back in the days when you actually had a typewriter and you had to push keys, you know, I'm sure right. that clack, clack, clack got in your ears after a while.
2: Well, generators? Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. Who sets oh, up yeah. the generators out there in the field?
1: So the time the that the I spent stuff. leaning up against a light all unit in Saudi Arabia <laughs> <laughs> that counts as being oh, yes. sweet. I didn't even know that. Yes. Wow. You know, you know? That's, that's amazing you're telling this is
0: because you're absolutely right. It's, it's generic because you're only thinking of your main duties. You're not thinking about what all entails your main duties. Plus, you're driving off base, going home, or whatever the case may be. I didn't know any of that. I was never told that.
2: Did any of you ever go buy a five-ton tru- five truck to drive it or ride in the back of it, a deuce and half? Yes. Oh, yeah. Nice and quiet, ain't it? No. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah.
0: There's no shocks. Yes. There're no
1: shocks.
2: So the other thing I tell veterans is the last person to realize that they have hearing loss is the veteran. It's other people around him that notice that he has hearing loss. The veteran don't realize it. And the num- one of the number one disabilities for military people is hearing loss and tinnitus, which is a ringing or buzzing in your ear. Yeah. It's a little bit different for everybody, but those are the number one disabilities. I get that. I, yeah. thought that was, I thought it was just old age. I did, too. No, I, th- I mean. Th- I thought it was a normal thing. Yeah. I always took it as, oh, that's somebody talking about me. <laughs> How was I supposed to know that was actually something? You know, That's good all to right. know.
1: So you go through all of that, and you identify if they're eligible or if they're not eligible. Then what happens?
2: Then from my office, we will give you a letter, a sample letter of what we want the doctor to say. This is the words that we want the doctor to use or similar words to this which is what the VA requires. Right. Okay. okay. So the doctor, you go to see your doctor, we usually attach copies of your medical records to show. So you could say, yep, I saw your service medical record where you injured your left ankle several times and you have a problem with your left ankle now. So I would believe that your injury in the service is what leads to your current problem right now. That's your disability. Okay. So now we got the proof that we need.
0: So now if you go back to the ringing in your ear, but if it's not reported, you can't claim it.
2: Well, you have to know that it's a condition to report it. I see. Okay. Did you know what tinnitus was? No. No. You know now. Yes, sir. You know when it started. You know what noise you were around all the time that could cause it. And as us
1: as on the flight line, rarely did we have the proper headgear on. That's for for sure. tinnitus,
2: there is no test. I know on TV, you'll in and, and some of the uh, American Legion books and those uh, veteran organization books, that says, oh, we got a cure. You can order this pill that will cure your tinnitus." Yeah, There whatever. is no cure. It's a nerve damage condition in your inner ears. Uh-oh. Okay? That's what it is. That's why you got that ringing in your ears. Typically, it happens late at night or when it's really quiet. All of a sudden, something just starts to
1: buzz, to ring,
2: buzz, yeah, ring. I had people tell me they hear the ocean. To different people, it's going to be different sounding. Me, I get a high-pitched frequency. It just like starts low and just raises up high for the
1: next five, ten minutes. It's just like, oh. So now you're in Orange County. Uh-huh. And we again talked in between segments that this is for any, any state in the United States. If you, have some in, if you have a question, they can contact you. They can but contact if they're from, me. But if they're from Idaho, there is some place that they can go, and each state has a department just like yours.
2: Each state has a Department of Veterans Affairs, okay? Every state, all 50 states have a Department of Veterans Affairs. Some states have Department of Veterans Affairs, and they have county veteran service officers. And we both have, like here in this state of Florida, We have two separate entities. You got the Florida Department of Veterans Affairs, and you got the County Veteran Service Officers, okay? We're two different entities, and I'm the president for our association for the County Veteran Service Organization here, and we have training twice a year, although this year was destroyed, but we do have training twice a year uh, where we go get tested. We have to test every year, take a 50-question test to show that we're still certified, we still know what we're doing,
1: for, for you, for your, for, for your people? For my yeah.
2: folks, for the service officers, yes. That's, it's a requirement that, that we get tested. Department of Florida, the Florida Department of Veterans Affairs, they're responsible for helping us get that training done. So they would provide the test to us. We get VA personnel to come and teach us how to use the laws against them. See, the VA uses the laws for the VA. We learn how to use the laws for the veteran, the same
1: laws. For the veterans, you know, you think, and this is what irritates the crap out of me. You think we're all on the same dang team. Why is it that way? And I, and I, and I, have been involved with enough of them to know why. But it's still irritating.
2: It, it is irritating, but it's also irritating when there's veterans out there committing fraud, and that causes it to make and makes it more harder. For the veterans that really got legit
1: problems. Yeah, and we talked earlier that maybe one of the reasons why I haven't, because I don't feel the necessary, I don't feel I have the requirements to do it, and I don't want to be one of those guys that, like, look, Sergeant Travis Mills, I follow him on Facebook, lost both legs and arm. That's the guy that needs benefits. But then you people say, well, you were a veteran just because you didn't serve during wartime
2: and you didn't lose a limb. You still serve. You still serve. We've gotten veterans that only served 30 days, 100% permanent total disability. What? I no. know a female that she served for six months. Her knees were so destroyed by being in the service, she's 100% disabled. Is she Army? She was Army.
0: Yeah, I can see that. But, but you got to understand that Army is the force of us. I, I mean, the Army is our front force where everybody else is in the rear. But look what you
2: all do. I mean, your infantry— what is it you don't do? Yeah, there's, there's nothing that we don't do. That's right. But there's other things. How about our sailors from the 1970s and before that? Asbestosis. Yeah. That stuff causes mesothelioma along with other breathing conditions. And it takes anywhere from 10 to 50 years for those conditions to develop.
1: I have a great friend, Billy Dover, who was a, was a medic in the Navy and an Orange County firefighter. And he's constantly telling me, go have certain things checked out because you were in areas that may or may not have had an effect on you. Who knows that being three months in Saudi Arabia had an effect on you that you didn't realize that might be contributing to some of your issues you have
2: breathing kind of thing. There are a lot of stuff from Saudi Arabia, from the first Gulf War, that is affecting people. Burn pits. The judge, you know, is still out on that one there. But at some point, they're going to come with some conclusive evidence. Look, yet today we're coming up with new conditions related to Agent Orange. How many years has that been? And the reason they're able to do this is because veterans are coming in and getting checked out. And they keep that information, the database. And they're starting to see, okay, well, why is all these veterans getting this? Right now, ALS. If a veteran served 90 days and there's no medical justification other than he just has it, that's 100% permanent total disability just because you served 90 days in the service. Why? They couldn't figure out what was the relationship to the service member. They tried to figure out was it a Marine thing, an Army thing, Air Force thing. All they could do is, is military members end up with ALS more than the general population.
1: Really? Wow. What causes
2: it? We don't know. And because of that, that's why we say go get checked out, file your claims, because you never know. In five years from now, they may discover that what you did caused this thing. Wow.
1: So before we, do you have time? Because we are going to run out of time here in our, quote, 30-minute thing we put on. Do you have time to come back? Because there's some stuff, some other things I want to I get sure. to that I know you want to explain to us. you have some time to come back? I that. come back as often as you need me. How, how can people get a hold of you once again before we go anywhere else?
2: 407 is the area code, 836-8990. Do you have an
1: email or is it best to come by phone?
2: Email is uh, Tommy, T-O-M-M-I-E dot Maldonado, M-A-L-D-O-N-A-D-O at O-C-F-L dot net. At
1: O-C-F-L dot net. We do have a tip of the day. We'll go ahead and give it today. It's kind of appropriate. It's basically, don't be afraid to ask for help. Now, we've talked about this before from a business standpoint. And maybe on the next set, we'll talk about how veterans and business people go together as an entity. But don't be afraid to ask for help. And I can point at myself, I haven't gone to ask anything because I really didn't think I deserved it, I guess if that's the best way to put it. But it's not a sign of weakness to ask for help. And I know a lot of veterans, I'm not going to ask for help. That means I'm weak because I'm not John Wayne or I'm not, you know, Clint Eastwood. And if you're in a position to help somebody like you're doing, do it. Help those that aren't aren't able to help themselves.
0: Yeah, we want to get the message, John. I've I've seen so much now since I've retired out of my uh, second career and started my own association for the veterans. I cannot believe what I'm seeing, hearing, and I'm like someone's got to have the right answers to help these people.
1: Yep. Well, hopefully Mr. Tommy will be able to do that. When we come back next time, we're going to talk about some more stuff veteran-related. So if you're not a veteran, just hang with us. You might find out something you didn't know for somebody that you know who's a veteran. Exactly. So we'll be back.
0: Thanks for listening to the Check Your Six podcast. Tune in again next time for more information on your small business development.